Hello, this is Anbiti from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today, Saturday, the 2nd of July. A Delhi court on Saturday reserved its order on the bail plea of Alt News co-founder Mohammad Zubair as well as the police application seeking his 14-day judicial custody. The official decision will be announced later today, Indian Express reported. DCP KPS Malhotra falsely claimed earlier today that Zubair has been sent to judicial custody for two weeks in connection with the case related to objectionable tweet in 2018 and that his bail has been denied. However, it was revealed that the judge is yet to preside over the judgment. The Delhi police today added several new sections, including criminal conspiracy, destruction of evidence and Section 35 of the Foreign Contributions Regulation Act to the FIR against Zubair. The Delhi police mentioned these fresh charges as it produced the fact-checker at the Patiala House Court. The police have sought 14 days of judicial custody for Zubair. Zubair's lawyer, Brinda Grover, stated in court today that the police have no prima facie case, adding that it's a malicious prosecution and they know it. According to The Wire, these new charges will allow the enforcement directorate to enter the probe for money laundering under the FCRA charges. The Enforcement Directorate, or ED, has asked the Delhi Police probe team to hand over the FIR, remand papers and his bank account-related information so it can go through his transactions. Zubair was arrested by the Delhi Police on June 27 for allegedly hurting religious sentiments through one of his tweets and was sent to a one-day police custody by the trial court on the same day. At the same time, he was arrested under Sections 153, promoting enmity between different groups on grounds of religion, race, place of birth, language, etc., and 295A, a deliberate and malicious act intended to outrage religious feelings of the Indian Penal Code. His lawyer had then argued that these charges were baseless as the quote-unquote offending tweet was a joke screenshot from a film called Kisi Sena Kehna. Zubair was arrested just days after he flagged a video of suspended BJP leader Nupur Sharma's remarks against Prophet Muhammad on a TV show. With regards to the new charges, Grover claimed that court was being misled. The Delhi police report accuses Pravda Media of receiving funds from foreign countries, Indian Express reported. The defence argument stated that Pravda is a Section 8 company and all funds are going in as per their update. On Tuesday, Authorities had claimed a sum close to Rs 50 lakh was received by Zubair. But Alt News co-founder Pratik Sinha had debunked these claims and said these were donations received for their website and not by Zubair personally. Uddhav Thakre has removed newly appointed Maharashtra Chief Minister Eknath Shinde from the post of Shiv Sena leader in the party organisation. In a letter issued by the party, Thakre said that Shinde has been indulging in quote-unquote anti-party activities and has voluntarily given up his membership. Shinde has claimed that he is the leader of Shiv Sena and Thakre camp is a minority. But he never called himself Paksha Pramukh or party chief. Thakre is technically still the party chief, which is why in the letter, Thakre stated that he was signing these orders in exercise of powers vested in him as the Shiv Sena Paksha Pramukh. In an interview with Republic TV, Shinde said they were the Shiv Sena of Bala Sahab Thakre, the founder of Shiv Sena and the original ideologue of the party. Shinde claimed they were following the ideology of Bala Sahab Thakre, 
adding that those who accept it will come with them. The last bit was a hint that any remaining Uddhav supporters could still join the Shinde camp. Shinde had claimed that Uddhav diluted the Hindutva ideology of his father Bal Thakre by forming a coalition with Sharad Pawar's Nationalist Congress Party and the Congress and called it a quote-unquote unnatural alliance. On Thursday, Shinde, with the support of BJP, formed a new government in Maharashtra, ousting the former Uddhav's Mahavikas Aghadi government. However, the legality of the situation is still grey, as the Supreme Court is yet to hear on the plea seeking suspension of Shinde and 15 rebel MLAs from the Assembly of Maharashtra. The MLAs have disqualification pleas pending against them. On Friday, the Apex Court agreed to hear the matter on July 11th. Meanwhile, a two-day special session of the Maharashtra Legislature will be held from July 3rd. The election for the post of Speaker will also be held on the same day, Times of India reported. The nomination for the Speaker's election will be filed today. On July 3rd, Speaker's election will be held and the vote of confidence is scheduled for July 4th. Meanwhile, the Congress alleged that BJP has undemocratically and unethically captured yet another state government through the quote-unquote naked display of money and muscle power. Telangana Chief Minister K. Chandrasekhar Rao did not receive Prime Minister Narendra Modi at the airport today, making it the third time in six months that the Chief Minister will not have followed the protocol of receiving the Prime Minister, Hindustan Times reported. PM Modi arrived at Hyderabad's Begumpet Airport this afternoon and was received by the state's animal husbandry and fisheries minister, Talasani Srinivas Yadav. The minister is a leader of the ruling Telangana Rashtra Samiti and has been directed by the chief minister, who also heads the TRS, to receive the prime minister. Prime Minister Narendra Modi will be in Hyderabad to participate in the two-day-long Bharatiya Janata Party National Executive Meeting. This is reportedly the first time that a meeting is taking place with the complete participation by the BJP national executive members since the COVID-19 pandemic. The general protocol for a prime minister's arrival in any state is for the state chief minister to receive them at the airport. In May, Rao had flown to Bengaluru when PM Modi visited the state to attend the 20th annual celebrations at the Indian School of Business. In February this year, KCR had remained absent during the Prime Minister's visit to Hyderabad, news agencies reported. However, Rao was present at the same airport hours before PM Modi's arrival to receive the opposition's presidential candidate Yashwant Sinha. TRS has also planned to hold a mega roadshow for Sinha. Photos showed KCR receiving Sinha with a bouquet of flowers at the airport. The state chief minister has pledged his party's support to Sinha for the July 18 presidential elections, in which the former union minister and ex-BJP leader is pitted against former Jharkhand governor Draupadi Murmu, the candidate of the BJP-led ruling National Democratic Alliance. KCR has been a vocal critic of the central government and the BJP. Telangana is headed for assembly polls in 2023, where BJP aims to replace the KCR government. The Congress today alleged that one of the main accused in the brutal killing of a tailor in Udaipur is a BJP member and asked whether the central government had moved quickly to transfer the case to the National Investigation Agency due to this reason. 
Addressing a press conference at the AICC headquarters, the party's media department head, Pavan Khera, said a quote-unquote very sensational disclosure has been made by a media group in connection with the Udaipur incident, which pointed to BJP's links with Riyaz Akhtari, the Economic Times reported. Khera later took to Twitter to support his statement with photographic evidence. He shared pictures of the accused attending BJP programs and is seen standing with known BJP members. From the post of BJP leader Irshad Chainwala on Facebook on November 30, 2018 and Mohammad Tahir on February 3, 2019, October 27, 2019, August 10, 2021, November 28, 2019 and other posts, it is clear that the accused was not only close to the BJP leaders but also an active member of the BJP, Khera alleged. Khera then referred to the statements made by the Supreme Court yesterday on suspended BJP spokesperson Nupur Sharma. The apex court had questioned whether her quote-unquote loose tongue had set fire to the country with reference to the Udaipur murder. BJP IT cell head Amit Malviya has refuted the claim as fake news. He tweeted a statement that the accused was not a member of the BJP but was trying to infiltrate the party, much like the LTTE assassin's attempt to enter the Congress to kill Rajiv Gandhi. Taylor Kanhayalal was killed on Tuesday afternoon by two cleaver-wielding men who posted a grisly video of the crime online, claiming responsibility for the murder. The two accused, Riaz Akhtari and Guz Mohammad, have been sent to judicial custody for 14 days. BJP has vehemently denied the accusations from the opposition. Sadiq Khan, the chief of the BJP's minority wing in Rajasthan, said they had absolutely no links to the accused adding that the killing was a failure of the Congress government in Rajasthan. Listeners, the killing of Kanhaya Lal has sparked communal tensions in the state of Rajasthan. The killing was allegedly revenge for the victim's social media posts in support of Nupur Sharma. Sharma faces multiple FIRs against her for alleged controversial remarks on Prophet Muhammad during a television debate. Yesterday, while hearing a petition which sought the transfer of all her FIRs to Delhi, the Supreme Court made some scathing remarks regarding her and the channel which platformed the alleged hate speech. But what do these oral remarks mean in reality? Do they hold any water in the actual judgments that are passed? And is the clubbing of multiple FIRs a valid request for any citizen of the country? Read my colleague Nidhi Suresh's report titled Five takeaways from Supreme Court's Nupur Sharma hearing on newslaundry.com to find answers to all these questions. Listeners, if you like the work that we do and want more in-depth investigations like this, do consider subscribing to News Laundry. Remember that we are able to deliver these reports free from corporate or government influence only because we don't depend on them for ads. News Laundry is an ad-free platform. Our journalism is funded by you our subscribers. So if you aren't already a part of our independent news model, subscribe by going to newslaundry.com and clicking on the red subscription button at the top right corner. Subscription plans begin from Rs 300 a month. Pay to keep news free. A group of US lawmakers have urged President Joe Biden to file a formal request for consultations with India at the World Trade Organization or WTO over its alleged 
quote-unquote dangerous trade distorting practices, news agencies reported. The 12 congressmen, in a letter to Biden, stated that the current WTO rules allow governments to subsidize up to 10% of the value of commodity production. However, the Indian government continues to subsidize more than half of the value of production for several commodities, including rice and wheat, they said. The congressmen are displeased over India's quote-unquote lack of rule following and the Biden administration's quote-unquote lack of enforcement. They claim these practices have reshaped the global agricultural production and trade channels by driving down prices, depressing production of rice and wheat commodities and putting American producers at disproportionate disadvantage, particularly US farmers and ranchers. The letter demands that the domestic agriculture market practices of India must be monitored by the WTO, demanding actions that will address those consumers most impacted by inflation and rising food prices. India has defended its stand at WTO. According to news agencies, several countries and organizations across the world have applauded India for taking a firm stand in protecting the interests of its farmers. At least eight people were injured after unknown persons threw a hand grenade at a religious school in Afghanistan's eastern Nangarhar province today. In the previous week, a bomb blast in the same province had killed and injured several citizens. The unidentified attackers had used a magnetic mine targeting the vehicle of the head of the district health department. Today, the grenade attack on Usman Zonurain Seminary in Rodar district took place early in the morning and all the injured have been taken to a hospital, police spokesperson Abdul Basir Zabuli said. The attacks come at a time when participants of the Jirga, or Grand Assembly, were expected to announce their decisions on a series of issues, including reopening of schools for girls from grade 7 to grade 12, the type of government, the national flag and the national anthem. According to news agencies, since the Taliban regime took control of Afghanistan, Blasts and attacks have become a regular affair with unabated human rights violations involving ceaseless murder of civilians, destroying mosques and temples, assaulting women and fueling terror in the region. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night, depending on wherever you're listening from. See you next week. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. 